You're tuned in to the Nonprofit Chatter, brought to you by Nonprofit Pro with our friends at Pursuant. New T and Taylor Shanklin are getting real and sitting down with nonprofit leaders to chatter about issues affecting nonprofits today. Be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss these conversations with your nonprofit peers. And check us out on the web at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash nonprofit hyphen chatter. Welcome to the Nonprofit Chatter Podcast, hosted by me, Ning T, Editor-in-Chief of Nonprofit Pro. And Taylor Shanklin, VP of Marketing at Pursuant. The Nonprofit Chatter will give you an insider's look on the most pressing challenges facing nonprofit leaders and fundraisers today, and how you can overcome them. In each episode, we will engage in invigorating conversation with industry leaders to find out what tools and tactics nonprofits need in their repertoire to help their vision become a reality. In episode number four of the Nonprofit Chatter, we will discuss how nonprofits can map the ideal donor journey. We will be joined by Melissa Garancic, Director of Annual Giving at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Foundation, and Matthew Mailkerick, Vice President of Analytics and Insight Strategy at Pursuant. Awesome. Well, hey, welcome today to the show, Melissa and Matthew. Thanks so much for, for joining us. It's really a pleasure to have you both here, and we're really excited to talk about journey mapping. Uh, how are you both doing today? Super. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. This is a, a topic. I know, Matthew, you and I talk about this topic a lot, and you and Melissa just went through an exercise on journey mapping with their team. So this will be, be fun to hear about your experience is with it. Um, so let's just dive right into it. You know, I was reading something about success the other day and, and developing a plan and it kind of got me thinking, you know, it really comes from developing a plan and then sticking to it, right? And when we think about mapping the ideal donor journey, a journey map is one of those things that can help you plan for that. So we were talking about how you did a recent journey mapping exercise, and I wanted to hear from you both what you discovered going through this process. So Matthew, let's get started with you. Yeah. um, So, you know, we were working with the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP, um, the annual fund team in particular, Uh, on a donor file assessment. And one of the biggest insights that came out of that work is that uh, the peer-to-peer program uh, is driving more new names to the foundation, um, increasingly so, um, than any other source except for the annual fund. So this is a, uh, a new stream of names that is fairly robust, that's growing um, more than ever. And at the same time, um, we were having discussions and conversations with CHOP about how can we increase overall constituent uh, retention. And so journey mapping uh, and a journey experience in a workshop Uh, sort of became uh, a logical next step and sort of path and solution for us to take together where we could say, let's understand more the experience that these peer-to-peer acquired constituents are having with the foundation. And then let's understand how we can strengthen um, that process overall um, by 
um, mapping out what the current experience is, uh, and then determining um, sort of with a lofty goal of how we can increase emotional connection. And that wasn't just with the peer-to-peer -peer program, but actually across the foundation. So we um, invited and had members of development uh, across the table that included uh, members of uh, the CHOP Annual Fund, of course, the schools program, events. We had, um, I think, representatives from Major Gifts. Um, and we basically said, how can we use um, the peer-to-peer acquired names to feed all of these other programs uh, to boost retention uh, overall and build lifetime value for this new stream of constituents um, you know to uh, the chop universe so um, so we all got around sat around a table did a full day workshop we used all of the post-it notes so the room uh, was plastered in them afterwards uh, and sort of talked about what that current state experience is and then um, what it could look like in the future. Great, and this was really timely um, since we are implementing Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Um, so this was um, great prep work for that since you can create automated donor journeys within Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Among the different fundraising teams within the foundation, there is a lot of overlap in how we communicate with donors. Um, so this exercise really helped us to see where we can streamline um, processes across the foundation. Um, in addition, I think we learned over the two days, as Matthew mentioned, um, there were a lot of post-its, and I like to nerd out on these post-it note <laughs> exercises. Um, but it was truly was like a funneling process. So I think the first day we took like this really big broad view. And then the second day we we're able to sort of like narrow down and really hone in on, um, you know, what journey should be a priority um, coming out of that. And some of the feedback from my colleagues were was they actually really enjoyed the second day because you're getting into the nitty gritty. But I think it's important to know that you have to do all that prep work the first day to get to where you need to go. Um, yeah, that's really interesting feedback. Um, you know, the way that we structure a journey mapping workshop, it's it's a full day. So maybe it's four, it's eight hours or six hours. Um, the first day is maybe three hours and then we pause intentionally and we come back the next day for another three hours. And it's usually because number one, people are exhausted, you know, after day one. But I like to think of um, day one as brainstorming, no idea is off limits, let's get them all out on the table, everyone's voice counts. And then day two is sort of like, okay, let's, let's rein it back in and turn it into something that's an actionable and meaningful plan. Um, it's interesting to me, like which type of person, um, you know, a pre, you know, likes which portion of it because day one can feel pretty blue sky and like, you know, how are we ever going to do that? But I think that that's what's part of the process of this workshop is that um, you, you are forced to go through that to get to like the real meat um, and what you can act on. Yeah, I love that. Well, hey, and a lot, a lot of good things can happen on post-it notes, right? Um, <laughs> if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, I mean, Derek and Meredith got married on a post-it note, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I just showed my true colors too much. Um, so, and I think it's interesting that you, you know, you said, Hey, we're really driving a lot of new names through peer to peer. But Melissa, you said uh, we really brought everyone to the table. So what are some of the major touch points in going through this whole process with lots of post-it notes that you identified in your communication overall? Uh, and how did you identify those gaps through this process? Yeah, so um, we, when we were looking at touch points, we organize the constituent experience into um, five almost different stages. So it sort of starts with awareness or how a constituent entered um, the CHOP universe. Uh, and again, we're talking about peer-to-peer -peer in this perspective. And then we looked at how that relationship evolves through uh, four subsequent stages, ultimately to where we get to conversion to another program like annual fund, events, major gifts, uh, or other programs. So um, when we're looking at touch points, a couple ones early in the process really struck me as being vital and important. Uh, one of them uh, up front at the awareness stage is what we called um, almost provider, uh, provider referral to peer-to-peer -to -peer programs because CHOP has done such a great job of creating a culture of philanthropy as an organization that providers um, to patients and patient families are often saying, um, you know, you want to, you said you wanted to do something, I hope you'll be at this event. And so that, that provider relationship, those provider referrals are a really meaningful, important, and valued first step for bringing folks into um, the peer-to-peer -peer universe. Melissa, wouldn't you agree with, with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, I loved that. I think that was sort of a critical first step that we mentioned. Um, getting a little more tactical from a peer-to-peer -peer perspective, um, we also identified the registration website as being vital. And as, um, as, as basic as that might seem, um, when a participant is registering to complete an event, um, that is an opportunity to capture directly from them um, the start of a relationship. So more than email address and name, which are vitally important, um, we can also start to understand the emotional bonds that a participant might have with the foundation. And so um, in particular, we started honing in on the types of questions and the things that we learn about people as they enter our universe. So what is their connection to CHOP? Uh, are they a former patient? Are they a current patient? Where are they within our journey? And so being able to ask them those questions directly at the point of registration was super valuable. So uh, a, a touch point there then is the event registration website. We also love the idea after a peer-to-peer -peer event um, of touching a constituent with a post-registration survey. Um, pretty straightforward, but when we consider using that survey again to create emotional connection and learn more about why they participated, 
all of a sudden we've got like these fundamental building blocks um, of a relationship overall. So that gets, um, you know, really exciting to us. And then ultimately the last phase, that um, continuing conversion, we can start looking at additional touch points like how the annual fund might target these individuals and bridge the experience from peer-to-peer alone to other CHOP programs. One of the things that makes them unique is that a lot of them don't have a connection to CHOP, right? They're giving because their neighbor asked them to. Um, And so how do we just introduce the idea of CHOP as a charity and make the connection um, separate from just their neighbor asking to, wow, CHOP is a real organization and I want to continue um, supporting them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of the million dollar question for everyone with peer-to-peer oftentimes, right? Matthew, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, absolutely, I think that that, that is, um, you know, a core challenge and it's uh, how do we keep them within uh, our peer-to-peer cycle? If so, how do we identify individuals that might be uh, leaving that for one reason or other? How do we identify them and then present those other opportunities um, to them as well? Um, and then also, you know, for throwing them into the annual fund and, you know, now we're investing um, you know, from a, um, you know, uh, a postage perspective uh, and targeting those individuals, you know, then what does the, re- the potential return look like as well? Yeah, and that's why I think it's so great that y'all really did bring all different people from all different department- departments together and say, hey, we're getting these people through peer-to-peer, but there's an ideal experience we want to ultimately create. So, And we um, basically, we sort of, said here's like our aspirational list or all of the things that we wish we could be doing these communication touch points that we're not doing but we wish we could and then um i think we basically all voted you know to decide which should be the first journey like out of the gate um for that and it was the new donor welcome series is what it came down to and i think that goes back to the point of especially for peer-to-peer donors just introducing CHOP to them um, as a charity and finding out more about them, what their, you know, inclination and affinity um, to the organization is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, we landed on that new donor welcome series. And I I love that at CHOP, um, an individual who is responsible for stewardship Um, sort of volunteered and said that she would spearhead that effort. Um, I love that it's a new donor welcome series. It's tied to stewardship. And to Melissa's point earlier, um, the goal within that welcome series is to educate them about CHOP. Um, And so, um, you know, these are participants who are less educated about what we do, less educated um, and have less affinity for us. And so the welcome series is that perfect opportunity um, to do that. Um, I'd also say that where the CHOP team landed um, was on um, uh, a fairly sophisticated concept of 
understanding and almost creating a global set of interests that could be captured at really any interaction that um, CHOP might have with a constituent. So when uh, a peer-to-peer participant is registering, we might say, what's your connection to CHOP? When um, a major gifts officer is talking with a prospect for the first time, uh, of course they're having that conversation. But being able to record um, what that connection to CHOP is within uh, a single sort of CRM field that we can then use to align a welcome series and customize a welcome series to that connection out of the gate and then tell stories, um, demonstrate impact that is relevant and personalized to that connection. And so um, I I would say that the CHOP team's uh, interpretation of a welcome series is fairly sophisticated. Um, and really did springboard a lot off of um, what that connection is, and that that uh, sort of landed as you know our our glaring first opportunity of of where we um, could make an impact on donor loyalty and and conversion to other programs. I love that, and and that's a great segue into my final um, kind of question for y'all today. Is you know. You mentioned, you know, day one is let's dream, dream big. What's the big blue sky, right? Um, but then reality sets in. So what are, this is kind of twofold. Taylor, why do you have to rain on the parade? Thank <laughs> you I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew, Melissa, uh, what are some of the challenges in putting the journey into action and knowing those challenges and having gone through this process together, what are your recommendations to organizations who might want to do this type of journey mapping exercise? So I can sort of share um, some challenges like we're in the process, like in right now sort of happening is for us, we need the technology um, to have this donor journey actually come to fruition. And it's um, taking a lot longer just to even get Salesforce Marketing Cloud implemented than we anticipated. Um, And I think it also depends on what type of organization you work for. CHOP is a very large institution. So um, places like this, things take a lot longer um, than anticipated. And if you're at a smaller nonprofit, you may be able to quickly um, get your donor journey up and running. Um, I also think, you know, Matt mentioned, Matthew mentioned um, that we identified a point person for the journey. So identifying a project manager um, to take the lead and make sure that um, the journey gets put into place. Because if that doesn't happen, then it could certainly fall through the cracks. Um, So having a point person and leader is very important. Yeah, and um, from my perspective, what I'd say, uh, you know, my um, recommendation to both uh, CHOP as well as working with other clients is, of course, starting um, with the vision. So I appreciate that um, we were able to work together, even if um, the technology implementation is is sort of the priority now. Uh, We have a vision of where we want to go and how we want to use it. So um, I'm hopeful that our journey mapping workshop, um, you know, output 
uh, informs that and can inform that. And um, I would also um, recommend organizations who are doing uh, a similar project and path um, think of it in uh, implementation in an agile iterative approach. So we talked about a couple flavors of a new donor welcome series. Uh, the first could be fairly general targeted um, to simply any new donor, whereas a round two uh, iteration two could be more customized um, based on what that connection to an organization is. So for instance, talking directly to a peer-to-peer -peer donor about um, uh, you know issues related to uh, heart um, heart care, cardiac care, or something along those lines. Um, so that could certainly be you know a second phase. Um, a third phase could then be taking um, where the offers that you're driving a donor to make. Um, so not just asking for a second uh, kind of foundation specific gift but asking for things like a recurring gift based on their past giving history, or even a mid-level gift based on um, the value uh, and their, their previous giving history. Um, but again, all of that is vision. And so um, I would not discourage CHOP or, or any others from, from taking that first step, uh, aligning um, and remaining aligned to vision, um, but just moving there gradually and over time. Well, that about wraps it up for today's episode. Taylor and I want to thank you for listening on today's podcast. Yeah, seriously, Melissa, Matthew, it's really been fun talking about this stuff. And I, we just want to thank you so much for joining us on the nonprofit chatter and sharing your insights and expertise and your experience on, on journey mapping and going through that process. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. Yes. Super fun. You know, before we close up, I just want to highlight a couple remarkable things from this discussion in the sector. We're constantly learning new ideas. And for me, journey mapping definitely kind of falls under that category. So it was really insightful hearing from you too. Matthew, I really liked hearing about CHOP's efforts with the peer-to-peer -peer perspective since it's kind of really timely with year-end coming up. So really making an effort to, to look into and learn about how donors have come into the universe is so important because it's kind of the starting point of mapping our donor journeys with the organization and asking the right questions keeps them in the long haul. And this type of exercise can be new territories for so many nonprofits. And so Melissa, I really enjoyed how you broke down how to get started in this type of exercise, starting with leadership. And so M Melissa and Matthew, thank you so much again for joining us on today's podcast. It's been such a pleasure hearing your insights on journey mapping. So on that note, on behalf of Nonprofit Pro and Pursuant, we will see you on the next episode of the Nonprofit Chatter.